Welcome back, y'all. We're back here in my room, in Kieran's room. It's snowy as hell outside. It is not nice here today. And uh, we're recording a rare daytime episode. We never really do this, do we? No, we don't, because I worked in today. So we have a little scheduled break just to give you guys the shit podcast. Yeah, yeah, you throw on the busy on Teams, and you're like, all right, I'm busy. Um, so more excitingly, we have another sponsor for today's video. And on top of the sponsor, we also have a giveaway. So we'll, we'll announce a giveaway after. I know that's all y'all care about, but I got a good sponsor role for you here. Okay. This episode is proudly sponsored by Jingyang dumplings and noodles. They serve the most authentic handmade Szechuan style dumplings and noodles located in Rosedale, Toronto, Canada, or Chengda, China. Visit today. And mention you're from the Shift Gear podcast, and you will get a free bowl of fiery chili oil wontons. Guys, it doesn't get better than that, man. You need a free bowl of wontons when you say you're from here. No, I love it. Go there today. No, it's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to to the owners of uh, of the noodle shop, Sunny and Adrian, for sponsoring this week's episode. Really appreciate it, guys. So, yeah, all you guys, please go check them out. Uh, fantastic noodles and, and wontons there. And wait, before I uh, before I carry on, do we know if this is a a real place? It's like real in our hearts. Okay, so it's like Ali Reza Sharma. Like Ali Reza Sharma. The amount of people that like quote tweeted or like responded back to me and sent a picture of that guy's backyard at eight seven five Steels Avenue last week was insane. Like so many people were like, "Yo, where is this place?" And they just sent me pictures of some dude's backyard. So I'm sorry for anybody who may have traveled there, but uh, I warned you, it was cap. No, but if the demand is high enough, I think Adrian and Sonny should make this a real place. Oh, 100%. And then they should do that promotion for the Shift Gear, Shift Gear listeners. Uh, I mean, I might walk into a Chinese restaurant today and I'd say I'm from the Shift Gear podcast, see what happens. Just, just pretend we're famous and see, something, see if something happens. All right, yo, next time we go to Roll Son, we'll ask. <laughs> yeah, done. Easy. So, excitingly, you have a giveaway that you want to announce for, for all the listeners this week. And this is the first time we've ever done this. This is pretty cool. Yeah, so to celebrate... Uh, Giratina success at the Portland Regional Championships. We're giving away two copies of Giratina V-Star, uh, graciously given to us by Manta Trades, located up in Markham. So thank you so much, Manta, for, for supporting us in the podcast and for our listeners. Uh, so yeah, to enter, all you got to do is follow Anil and myself on Twitter, uh, at Kieran underscore TCG, at TCG Anil. Uh, or, Something like that. Yeah, TCG Anil uh, on yeah. Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the Shift Gear YouTube, and then just comment... Just write a comment that you want to be in the giveaway, or just comment anything on our on our YouTube, and we'll just automatically comment your um comment your favorite deck, comment what your favorite deck is right now. Um, and sorry, one more thing, also follow Manta Trades on Twitter. Oh, and follow Manta Trades, yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna go through and choose a random commenter, um, verify they met all the requirements, and then we will message you and ship it to you entirely for free. Uh, two Garatina V stars, like Karen said, thankfully from uh, Manta Trades. So if you need anything. They're your guys. Yeah. No, great store located out in Markham. Uh, every time I, I come by, uh, always treated super well. They have a great player base if you live in the GTA or if you ever just visited the GTA, definitely go check them out. 100%. So this week we uh, we were treated to Portland Regionals and like some about Portland, there's always some weird stuff going on out there. So we have a lot to go over today in terms of like what did well. There's a lot of decks that I didn't expect to do well that did well. Um, unfortunately, Gardevoir did not win the tournament like I predicted, but you know what? Like, it was one of the big three, so it, it really does make sense. So, and like, on top of all of that, I think I can speak on behalf of both of us that we're so happy for our boy John Eng, who finally pushed through and got one done. 
Yeah, it was long overdue, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, I think that was like it's like ninth or tenth, like top cut in Masters. So, no, definitely a deserving player. Uh, nice to see him mm-hmm. finally take home a trophy. It was in like the weirdest way possible, too. I don't know if you saw that final. That finals, like game one was crazy, like because they're like, oh, John has this locked up. And then they come back. Game two, I'm like, oh, it's done. And they come back. Game three, like, oh, you prize two Tina, the game's done. And then Sam was just like, draw a pass or draw a Bisseek. So the finals was great besides the last game, but no, I definitely yeah. recommend watching it if you want an entertaining match. 100%. Uh, so let's go over some of these like weird decks that we saw this weekend. Um, like, we can start, like, there's obviously a, a ton of results here on, uh, on Limitless, but. Let's start with the top eight. Let's see. Um, let's go through a couple things from the top eight. So, uh, the finals was obviously an all Giratina finals. Uh, very similar lists as these archetypes kind of tend to be. Um, but there is always a little bit of space for skill expression in those finals, and obviously to get to the finals, you have to be quite a proficient player. So we saw some pretty good gameplay in the finals there. Um, was there anything about these lists that kind of stood out to you, or they're just kind of bare bones? Uh, yeah, so a couple things. Uh, both of them don't play Iona. They both play Double Roxanne. Um, John played Two Boss, which I think has been... And so did Sam, actually. Um, but <laughs> So I think that's something that people have been talking about. I think just having the option when you're tied or like even you're ahead in a lot of games uh, to be able to get guaranteed Gust. It does seem most lists play three Gust, two Countercatcher, one Boss, or the other way around, like these did. Um, and then Sam also played the TM Devolution, which I thought was interesting. Um, that definitely improves your Gardevoir matchup a lot. Um, just having the ability to like not take prizes right away. So you like disable reverse energy, you disable counter catcher, and then when you are ready to take a prize, then you just devolve everything. It's also good against Charizard. So uh, to me, that's what sticks out the most. But other than that, no. Like I think they're both just pretty standard lists. They both play Poke Gear, trying to be consistent. They have the Roxanne. Uh, they play Four Path. Uh, Sam didn't play Manaphy, but I think we've been seeing that. It's like a 50-50 split. People play Manaphy or not. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing like too crazy. I think Devolution TM is probably the most unique card in this list. Yeah, I like that, and I actually really like. I, I really enjoy No Manaphy in Giratina. I don't, I I don't feel you need it. It's it's one of those cards like it's gonna be good one out of ten games, and when it's good, it's it's pretty good. But I don't think it's worth holding that slot. It's the same kind of argument I make for Spirit Tomb um, in Tina. Um, the other thing I really liked about their list is. I do like uh, double boss, one counter catcher, but the one thing that Daniel Hugard did actually that we were talking about on Friday is he played double boss, double counter catcher, which just allows you a little bit more versatility to kind of like go about taking your prizes and stuff. But I think that one devolution, like you said, like it kind of takes that spot and it, it it's a good utility card. So instead of having that fourth guest, you have a devolution. I think it's fine. So like you said, yeah, both solid lists. Um, when you get to this point of a deck's existence after a year and a bit, like it's kind of refined already what it's going to look like. So, yeah, no, that was good. Uh, we saw in top four, Gardevoir and a Meloetta Mew. Uh, did you have any thoughts about that? Not really. Like, both of these aren't really surprising to yeah. see. These are both just, like, standard decks, like, that we've seen since they've came out. Um, I mean, Bodhi's list, I looked at it. Like, I have it pulled up here right now. It's pretty standard like there's nothing special in it it's very standard yeah Super yeah. standard list consistent double counter catcher collapse starters on vacuum for i don't know one research yeah like i think it's probably as standard as you can get so obviously Bodhi piloted super well this weekend uh then mew i guess maybe it's different we have seen dte mew do well i mean i feel like fusion mew and dte mew just take turns like doing well so yeah yeah again look at this list there's nothing nothing crazy in it um same as we've always seen 
you know, you got the box of disasters in there. Uh, there's Ice Q, which I think is something that ebbs and flows in play, which was interesting. Uh, but yeah, just standard Mew. I do like me some Ice Q. I, I will say I do like Ice Q a lot, especially in like this format when there's so many like one prize Pokemon on the bench and stuff. So I like Ice Q because you a little bit more versatility. Um, as far as the Guardian list goes, the one thing I noticed that stuck out to me was no Avery. So not hitting mirror, trying to avoid mirror, or just playing around it. You don't really need it. It's just a win more kind of card. And then also uh, no Turo, which was, I assume he just dodged all the, the Snorlax. So. Well, I mean, Giratina, we can talk about this later. It was like the biggest deck in day two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I just feel like Giratina's kept Snorlax down. And then also Avery's a card where it's like, it's kind of hard to draw if you play one copy when you need it. And uh, mm-hmm. Bodie also didn't play Luminion. Also, you're not going to Luminion for Avery. That feels horrible. Uh, so you really need yeah. at least like two to three copies. So in the early part of the format, like you played Avery to like have a good Chen Pao matchup, but like that deck doesn't exist anymore. And then sometimes Avery, you're like letting your opponent take a Luminion off the board or Rotom off the board. So yeah, I'm not super surprised to see see Avery get the axe here. Yeah, me neither. Um, so moving on. So we have uh, in our top eight, we had Azul, Moffat, Makani, Tran, and Ian Robb, all very well-established players. Uh, let's start with Moffat's Maradon list. I never thought I'd see the day where I saw Moffat on Maradon, but we're, we're, we're here. We're here at that day. Um, there's a lot of interesting things about this list that I want to kind of dive into. Um, the first thing was two Raichu V, <laughs> which is uh, super interesting. And then he also plays a Coco, a Tomb, a Zapdos. There's two experience shares. <laughs> there's still a 2-2 Flaffy with two experience shares, and there's a little bit of a hybrid between Path and uh, Beach Core going on in there. So... Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this list, but what are your initial thoughts on the list? Yeah, so I think I can definitely see like what Moffat was going for. Like his card synergized really well. So you mentioned Double Ride Two and Experience Share, like those go together. Uh, I think definitely mm-hmm. looking at this list, Moffat was trying to improve his Charizard matchup. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to ride to like multiple times or even one time sometimes. Like you need six energy to knock out a Charizard or even like a Guard EX, for example. Um, so the experience share basically just like represents six damage staying on the board, and you can just put it on your like lowest priority on the bench that your opponent's not going to boss to just like keep them in play. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Uh, Coco again, similar idea. Like a lot of Charizard decks play one switch card, so uh, if you just vengeful shock a Charizard, um, you can normally get it stuck there, get another two prizes. So that's nice. Um, yeah, Spiritomb from Mew. He just wanted to be super teched out. He sells the squawk. So no, I think it's an interesting take. It's like a it, best of both worlds type of thing uh where he still has some of that speed he like cut some of the consistency to add this in but the power level was extremely high yeah and i like the i like the combo of, t- of coco with path as well right so you obviously shut off the pidgeot and then go in with the coco um the other thing i wanted to say about this that i i actually really really liked is the fact you only played two Maradon. um i feel like you get to a point in the game where once you have one down you just don't need it anymore so I like that kind of, like, space conserving that's going out with Maradon lists now, how they're, like, cutting one Maradon. And then the other thing is, no, like, no Bravery Charm, which personally would give me fits, but he managed to do well. This deck was very anti-Charizard. It also has a pretty good Tina matchup just because you have Coco EX, so you can hit, like, with the Iono Coco. It's pretty good um, on a Tina because they struggle to move that a lot of the time. So, yeah, I can definitely see how he did well. He's obviously a fantastic player, so it all kind of works out there. Um, moving on to Makani's list. Unless, do you have any final thoughts about Moffat, or are we good? Uh, no, I was just going to look up how many Charizards he beat on the weekend, and he didn't play against the one, so I guess like, we didn't get to see Actually? his theory. Yeah, But he did do very well against Giratina. He went uh, 1, 2, 3. He went 4 and 1 against Tina, then he tied his last one, so I think it was an ID, so okay. 
Uh, yeah, so really good. It's a very diverse top eight as well. Like, there's a lot going on here, which is good. And like, honestly, bro, that's the thing I love about these formats. Like, stick around forever. You have time, and like, people have time to like just diversify everything and make everything kind of good. So last year, like, we didn't really feel that because Lugia was just dominating for like six months. But this year, I think there's there's like four or five good decks that can win a tournament at any time. So. Uh, moving on here to Makani's list, and this this is cool. Um, this is an Arceus Regigigas deck. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to begin unpacking this. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's a Judge Path deck. Um, actually, he only plays one Judge, so like he's basically just saying, like, I'm going to Starbirth for it on the second turn if I want to go for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, anyways, he plays Ionopath. And then the Gigas is like a mega tank. So I guess against decks like Maridon, for example, like, they're going to have a hard time knocking that out. Um, against Charizard, like, they might have a hard time knocking that out. And he plays the double Charon's Care as well. So, I mean, trying to manipulate the price trade. Um, they also play the Zacian V. So, like, turn one, you can, like, kind of, like, spread your energy and protect uh, against, like, a boss or something, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say. Like, I don't... This deck doesn't feel very strong looking at it, but, like, I must be missing something. Like, I don't know. You also didn't have Arceus V-Star in your top 10 cards of 2023, so... Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just... I just don't like Arceus, like... I know, neither do I. I agree, I agree. It's just, like, I look at this and I'm like, I feel like it's Giratina matchup on paper should not be good, because Arceus just gets knocked out by, like, 280. If you Gigas, like, they can just start Requiem. I feel like it's Gardevoir matchup, like, can't be that good, because it's not that hard to one-shot these, uh, especially when Reversal Energy starts getting to the equation. Um, but I mean, I'm looking at his Pokey stats. Like he beat two Gardevoir. He he went one 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 against Tina. Uh, his one loss was John Ang, and then oh, they ID'd at the end. So I don't know. I feel like he probably like hit a lot of good matchups because just in my head, like this has a bad Tina and Gardevoir matchup, and that's like thirty percent of the meta. So yeah, I'm surprised to see no V Guard energy in here. To be honest with you, um, it's surprising to me. And then the other thing is too, like. He he does play the Drachi, he, he plays Squovid, he plays like all these like random 60 HP Pokemon that <laughs> are in trouble a lot of the time against Tina, so I don't know how that matchup goes, but it can't be good. Uh, moving on, so Azul had the same Charizard list. Um, we've kind of been over it, it's bread and butter. Uh, Ian Rob, DT Mew, with, uh, hey, you know what, I have a personal, uh, I, I like this list. This is uh this is almost exactly what I played to Worlds. It's uh like a like a DT Mew with like a couple of fusion energy just to get out of tomb. So I I mean I like the idea. It's like I just didn't feel like it was practical anymore with how much Gardevoir was running around. But and, and like Tina as well is not fantastic of a matchup if they can start Requiem and go through another one. But you know whatever he did well, he's better. Yeah no a hundred percent. Um, yep, yeah, I like it. I mean we do see Spirit Tomb respect so. It's like a little three-card package, which is actually a lot to protect against one card, but... Yeah. There's a lot of Mew up here, though. Like, a lot. Mew has a lot of uh, space in the deck list. But yeah, Mew did really well this tournament. It had um, three, four, five, six. It had six in top 32. Mm-hmm. Actually, it had six in top 16, which is, like, insane. <laughs> that's insane, dude. I don't know the last time that's happened. Like, that's, like, 38%. Which is and mm-hmm. like it's day two play like wasn't that like high so like there's fourteen in day two and six of them made top sixteen so like the it just outperformed like crazy Mew will never die um yeah the deck's just super solid yeah 
There's a yeah. There's a lot of Mew up here. There's there's some cool decks up here though that I that I do want to talk about. So one deck that we saw emerge a little bit in terms of like pl- not so much placements, but more so just like the amount played was Roaring Moon, which is um, something that kind of like creeping up to this event we kind of saw coming a little bit. Um, it it started to pop up a little bit more. It started to do well. And I think people are trying to realize, like, the deck is more like Maridon. Like, you're just trying to kill their best attackers as early as you can and just hope that you can kind of cruise off of aggression alone. So people are getting that. People are taking the Iron Hands. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. And there's also Goldengo, which is uh, very exciting. Yeah, so um, Roaring Moon is interesting because I was looking at the people who did well and, like, they still all play different lists. There's still not a consensus on how to play the deck. I saw Ross Cawthon had a very interesting build. He only played two Sada, and he played Research and, like, two Galarian Molters. He's like, that's how I think I should power them up, which was interesting. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think the deck has a couple things going for it. It has a strong Giratina matchup, which obviously is very good in this format. Um, its Charizard matchup is actually pretty decent, too. I mean, like, because once you get to the trading part of the game, like, it's fine to just, like, knock yourself out if you're taking two prizes. Um, its Gardevoir matchup is still horrendous. Like, I... That's your worst matchup for sure, but like we see, like Gardevoir is like a ten percent deck. Like you don't have to be that scared of it. Um, it's like good into Maridon in my opinion as well, just since it's like lower maintenance for you to maintain knockouts. Um, I don't know. It's actually pretty solid. It's just, it's very linear. That's the problem with it. Like, uh, and it's mm-hmm. boomer bust. Like if you miss your turn one attack, the game is like done on the spot pretty much. So, I do think this deck is going to start creeping up and play a little bit more, especially now that it's like starting to see some results, getting some traction. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the list is gonna be. I really like the just consistent like Pokey Stop tracking shoes, like cross switcher version of playing the deck. I don't like starting to put in like Dark Cry and all this stuff to it. I think the deck has like one strategy, it's like go fast, take knockouts. I think you should like focus on that. Like play four energy switch, play four patch, four stop, four shoes, like four earth and vessel. Like to me that's how the deck should be played. Uh, I don't think it has like, enough flexibility. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. yeah, I was just gonna say like the deck's, like, strategy, like, I don't think you need to start, like, mucking it up by putting in, like, all this, like, extra, like, stuff. Like, just focus on being fast and taking knockouts. That's what the deck should focus on. Yeah, and in, like, absolute shift gear podcast fashion, we will say there's not a lot of great players playing this deck, typically. So that's also a barrier to it. Ross Cawthon is a fantastic player. I was very surprised to see him playing this deck. Um, but typically, this is more of, like, a big boom deck that, that the top players tend to like to avoid. Um, but it's good. It's good to see it do well. And I hope people start picking it up because I think it's a really cool deck. And it's one of those ones that is probably going to survive rotation pretty well. Like it's going to be one of those decks that you're going to see for a little while. So it's nice to see it kind of peek out the coolest tech, I think in Ross's list. And there's a lot of them, but emergency jelly is actually a fantastic tech. What do you think about it? Um, I'm surprised it's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Emergency Jelly, like, even on Ross's list, like, he doesn't play Town Store, so it's like, how am I finding this? Um, I mean, you, you do go through your deck really fast, but, like, you play Pokestop too, right? So, um, like, it's you're going to discard it sometimes. Um, I don't know. If you do pull it off, it's super strong, because, like, you stop your opponent from, like, just using, like, a little Pokemon to take out your Roaring Moon. Um, and he also played the two Ancient Booster Capsules, so not a lot of decks play Vacuum, so um yeah just having that like if you put a booster capsule and you just use calamity storm like it's not trivial to knock out a roaring moon that has 290 hp for a lot of decks um so yeah i think that's interesting the list that placed highest uh raymond Liu, he played uh three town store he put the town store build um so you're uh giving up a little bit of consistency and speed but in exchange like you have access to forest stone you get the booster capsule easier so that's definitely interesting to me um yeah, because I don't actually play the booster capsule in my build right now, just because I, like, I went all consistency, but it might be something I mess around with. So, 
Uh, yeah, maybe I'll play Rowing Moon at League Cups or something, see if this deck is, is real. <laughs> Why not, right? Like, we're at that point of the, of, of the season where we're just YOLO, have fun. Let's get to the part that I know you want to get to. Um, this has been pretty crazy to see. Uh, Chen Pao has top 32 to regionals. Yeah, I mean, it was, crazy. it was Jared Grimes, the CPOW believer. This guy's, I think he's made day two almost every time he plays CPOW. So I don't have a lot to say here. Um, he played the version without Iron Hands. He literally just played Grand Shen's list from last format. So I was actually talking mm-hmm. to Lucas before the tournament. He was considering doing that as well. Um, the idea being you just want to go back to consistency and all that. Um, I do think if you play it without Iron Hands, your Maridon and your Roaring Moon matchup go way down. Um, but you're like, and consistency across the board that like, goes way up. Um, I still lean towards Iron Hands just since I think it gives you like an aggressive option. Like if you leave an Iron Hands and play, like you don't have to worry about your backs getting knocked out. Um, but no, I said I think Chen Pao was in a decent spot. Um, and like after like a lot of tournaments of Chen Pao flopping, uh, it's nice to see we still had three in day two here. So still not doing well, but like it's it's hanging on by a thread. It's alive, dude. It's alive. So I actually, I, all we need. I just wrote an article for Poke Beach on Chen Pao. So I don't know when that's going to come out, but if you guys want to go read my thoughts, uh, it'll be there as well. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think anything else? Uh, Snorlax was hanging around again. Um, I don't know. I think it was just a tough tournament for Snorlax with all the gear Tina. I mean, 20% of day two is Tina. So Snorlax is not going to have a fun time. Um, I saw that one person like playing Snorlax. You hit like Tina, 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 Tina to open day two. <laughs> Yeah, Hale got, uh, no, yeah, no, you can't do anything. Like, if you face Tina, it's just like, all right, like, good game. Um, but Hale did get top 32 with the Pidgeot control deck again. Um, also, I just want to shout out Hale. Like, this guy has the nicest Limitless page I've ever seen. Like, his lowest result is a 31st. It's so nice. It's like second, 31st, 17th, second, third, first, eighth, 20th. Like, this is just clean. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, I'm looking at it. This is insane. Yeah, so no, I think this Pidgeot deck, like Pidgeot Snorlax, I think it's a little underexplored. Uh, everyone's just like focusing on the normal Snorlax, but introducing Luxray V um, gives the deck like so much options. Because like one of the problems when you play normal Snorlax is if your opponent does have text for you, like for example, say Garbor plays like Turo or something, it's like they can just hold that until like they're ready to like really pull it off on you. Um, so just being able to go aggressive with Luxray. And, like, if you keep, like, counter-catching and, like, you keep Ionoing, you keep, like, spamming them, like, eventually you're going to get to stick. And, like, you can just start pulling things out and get them stuck. So I really like that. Um, and he also added a Radiant Charizard and Chi Yu EX uh, this, this time around. So the Radiant Charizard in there, I guess, is, like, just to take out threats late in the game. Because um, a common strategy is you, like, set up one Pokemon against Stall because you don't want to have things bossed and all that. So, yeah, if your opponent goes, like, a solo Pokemon strat, you can just take it out with Charizard, which is interesting. Um... Chiyu, its attack is just discard top two of your opponent's deck. So I guess late in the game, once you do have your opponent like fully locked and like out of resources, this just accelerates it to try and help you with time. So uh, no, I think it's really creative. I think this deck is very good and underplayed and underexplored. Uh, its Tina matchup is still not good, but I think this has pretty positive matchups against the rest of the format. And in also very exciting news, this is a Chiyu EX debut for Limitless. It's a big debut, yeah. Limitless had never seen Chi UEX before. And to be honest with you, I had to hover over it to know what it did. So, hey, respects. Chi UEX coming to a stall near you. Um, last one I wanted to touch on before we uh, kind of get over this whole thing is Goldengo, my boy. You go, 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 Nessus um, Goldengo. 
Yeah, go crazy with Goldengo. So this is uh this is like a spin off the Japanese list. So I played the Palkias and played the Greninja with the switchers. Uh, but the one cool thing it had in it is Zinnia's Resolve. And I really like this card because when I was playing Goldengo, I've been playing a lot with my clients this week, uh, uh, just playing Goldengo and trying to refine it and stuff. I like Zinnia's because the old list played four worker, right? So you're drawing three cards a turn, but the only way you really lose is if you don't draw what you need. So Zinnia's just drawing you an extra two, three cards is all the difference in the world. And you're not like a, a typical deck that can play research or I don't know or any of that stuff. So I like this. I like this a lot. This double Zinnia's business is pretty good. Uh, one super odds good. I, I I just like this list. It's fun. Yeah. Um. What do you think about not playing Milotic? Because this list does seem a little weak to like Roxanne Path. Um. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do play four stop three worker, but like you're saying, like you are a combo deck late in the game. Like you need a lot of cards. Um. So I know I saw another person in day two was playing the Milotic. Uh, I just pulled it up here. Yeah, like Frank Soul, and I think. No, Tony wasn't. Tony was playing Toad Scrolly X and Gimme Ghoul. Interesting. We can talk about that. But um, yeah, like, so do you think like it's okay to play the deck without the Milotic? The Milotic has felt like super pretty so far. Like it's one of those things. Like it's um, it's super win more, and it's like it's been tough. Like in in actuality, to get that card out a lot of the time, just because you play a one one, you play a one one Palkia. Like there's just so many one ofs that like the deck gets kind of convoluted. Um, the one thing I would say is like. I've been playing a build with one of my students that plays heavy ball. So you, you kind of just go in with heavy ball and you, you kind of mitigate that whole, Oh, I prized one piece of this. And now the whole strategy is kind of overturned thing. So I don't mind it. I do think you need a heavy ball or you need some sort of like maybe a thicker line of some sort. I just don't like playing one, one Palkia. So if like playing my Lodic is sacrificing one, one line of Palkia, I'm not a huge fan, but if you can make it work with both and yeah, I think it's great. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't really played this deck, so I, I'm not an expert on it. But it seems fun. So it's like, fun. Yeah, I maybe mean, I'll have to give it a try. Uh, what does Toadscrew EX do? Uh, prevent all effects. Okay, that seems pretty good, actually. Yeah, I mean, I guess... Okay. What effect are you trying to block? Like, Star Requiem, you block, you block... Mm-hmm. Actually, wait, does Star Requiem go through it? No, Star Requiem goes through it. You block Sableye. No, it doesn't, it doesn't go through it. It doesn't? No, prevent all effects of attacks used by your opponent's Pokemon done to all your Pokemon. But doesn't Giratina say ignore all effects on your opponent's Pokemon? No, I don't think it does. Oh, it doesn't? No, the V-Star, no. Oh, okay, then yeah, you do stop it then. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. it also stops Stabilize. So it, I think it's it's more so just to help your Gimme Ghouls survive because they just have awful hit points, right? So um, like a big a big downfall of uh, Goldengo itself is the fact that the Call for Family ones have 50 HP, similar to the Pidgey. So if you have a 50 and a 70 on your bench, you're one Sableye away from getting that wiped. So most of the lists play like a 2-2 blend. So what this one does is, uh, well, they, they also play a 2-2 blend. Uh, this is Tony Vuong, really, really cool guy. I don't know if you've ever met him. He's a funny guy. Um, uh, but basically, like, you play both, and then you block it with the Toad Scroll so that your Sableye can kind of... Uh, or sorry, their Sableye doesn't really do a whole lot. Um, but like, what I do like about Goldengo overall right now is that I feel like people just don't really rate it as a deck. Like, there's not a lot of attention being put into it. So you can kind of get away by just blowing stuff up and, and having people be unprepared for what you can do. So I do like that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more fun decks. There was an Iron Valiant Greedent. I don't know if you saw that one. I did, yeah. So the idea is you just soften things up with Valiant and then you... Uh, turn a profit for 30 uh <laughs> once they're low to take them out uh that's so jokes yeah and then uh they put like toy catcher which was cool i i don't know if that card has made a limitless before 
Uh, oh, no, it has, actually. But, uh, no, that was cool. I thought that was fun. Um, there was an Arceus Superior deck that made top 32, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. I played against one of those in LAIC, actually. Um, but, yeah, like, it's like we're saying. Like, there's tons of options in this format. You can do well with whatever. Um, so, no, I think we're in a healthy spot right now. Yeah, no, I like the format right now. And I think it's only going to get better as people diversify more and more. Um, so now we're kind of entering that stretch of like, there's a lot of tournaments coming up like pretty fast and people are starting to look forward to UIC stuff like that. So, um, I actually just wrote an article too about like mental states and Pokemon and like what to do if you're in a slump, because I find that this time of year, at least for myself is like when you're stuck in a stale format and you've tried like every single deck there is to offer, it's easy to get stuck in a slump and it's easy to kind of get in this place where you're like, all right, nothing works for me. I hate this format. What do I do to be successful? Um, so just like keeping that in mind for the next like four months, what would be your suggestions for some of these people maybe struggling to kind of get out of these slumps and maybe not finding a deck that really resonates with them? Uh, yeah, my advice would be just like, keep playing. <laughs> like eventually you're going to break through yeah. if you just like play well. Um, but like, if you're like not enjoying a deck, like just switch, like don't get stuck. Um, and then maybe if you can't find a deck you like, just pick a tier one deck, like pick Tina, pick Charizard, pick Gardevoir, and just be like, all right, I'm just going to play this anyways and main it. Um, if you're a strong player and you play a good deck, like that's normally like going to lead to good results. Um, mm-hmm. And then like if you are burnt out, you're not doing well, like honestly, just take a tournament or two off, uh, like recharge, like don't, like Pokemon should be fun. So like don't put yourself through tournaments just for the sake of doing tournaments. Yeah, that helped me a lot too. Like I was going through a rough spot this year too, and I just took like two weeks off. I didn't think about Pokemon once, and I just felt like so refreshed when I got back. Like you feel you actually want to work again. So I agree with that. I agree with that fully. Um, other than that, there's not a whole lot going on uh, this next week. We have Charlotte in a couple weeks, but not a whole lot going on Pokemon wise. Uh, there are a couple leaks of the new set. Nothing really too groundbreaking from what I've seen. I mean, there was the Poffin card. That's pretty good. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, I forgot about that. So VIP's back. Yeah, VIP's back, but only for 70 HP or less Pokemon. So it's basically just a buff to any evolution deck, which is massive, um, which I really am excited about. Um, I mean, Charizard's already good, so this is going to like be even better for it. But just like if you want to play any deck that evolves now, you have this. And having the option to use this throughout the game is like massive. Like one of the problems is like you whiff VIP pass turn one, like you have to rely on like Nest Ball and Ultra Ball the rest of the game, which feels really bad. So yeah, now just being able to get like two Gimme Ghoul, two Ralts, two Charmander, two Pidgey, like whatever, like it's super good. Uh, and like Lost Zone decks can use this, but like it only grabs Comfy. Um, but maybe Lost Zone decks start playing like Ditto now because Ditto can be grabbed off this. So no, True. really, really, really good card. I'm really happy with it. Um, and Neil, what do you think? I like it. I think it's anytime we can slow down the format, I'm happy or make like these evolution decks a little bit better. I'm happy. So that's solid. I'm happy to, to see that kind of go. Uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on before we hopped off is uh, Moonlit Hill. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> that That's a cool card, bro. And, like, what do you think is going to be the composition of these Guardiolas now? So what do you cut to accommodate for Moonlit Hill? I mean, you kind of have to cut maybe, like, the Vacuum. I mean, okay, right now it's, like, Vacuum, Artisan, Collapsed. I don't think you can cut yeah. Collapsed. The effect is too strong. Artisan, you're cutting Consistency. Like, Vacuum is not a Consistency card, but it's just, like, nice. So, like, Vacuum's probably the first one to go. Um, but if you're playing, like, a lot of consistency, like Luminion or something, like, maybe Artisan can go. Because um, it is super strong having the option to basically... Now Arcana, like, uh, you can put 8 on it, like, just by using that card. Um, so mm-hmm. if you put 8, like, you're basically... You're one-shotting everything, I think, right? 
Uh, not everything. Not not VMAXs. VMAXs, but you're pretty much like you can attach and like, one shot everything. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'll be good. I like it too. I'm excited to see it come out. I didn't know if we were really gonna get it just because of like the way the uh, release pattern went and how we didn't have it for so long. But happy we're getting it here. I think someone said the only tournament this is gonna be legal for before rotation is Vancouver. So like we might only see Guard right. really use it once. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just another thing is, like, from looking at results in Japan, like, a lot of times when I look at Gardevoir lists, like, they don't even play this card. So, like, I don't even know how big it will be. Like, it'll at most be a one-off, I think. Because, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to draw when you need it as well. Like, there's no stadium search. Um, it's discarding energy draw and heal, right? Yeah, from everything. That's kind of tough, bro. Like, you're co- coexisting with Greninja, too. It's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean... It's, like, good, but, like, it's not, like, crazy broken. Like, I think what people thought when it first got revealed. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of fall and reversal energies just because of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a couple other cards I thought were interesting. There's one called Mist Energy. Um, it's, <clears> like, <throat> if it's attached to a Pokemon, prevent all effects of attacks. Um, so, basically, stop Star Requiem. Stop Sableye. Um, it's pretty good. It's, like, Stealthy Hood back in the day. Um, so some decks can probably fit this in. I mean, there's no way to like search energy right now, special energy that's like really popular. So again, like you're gonna have to like probably play this in higher counts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any other commentary on that, Neil? Yeah, dude, it's just it's uh it's the time of the year, man. Like there's just not a whole lot going on. We're like dying for card scans. It's just it is what it is. But yeah, you're right. It's 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 a cool card, but like we also don't know how this is gonna inf- impact the meta until it kind of drops itself. Um, what I'm looking to do for the next few weeks, and like, actually, we didn't even discuss this on off air, but whatever. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we can get in a, a cool guest next week to do like a deck profile for us. Um, looking to do that, just kind of spice up our content, like going forward. Um, this giveaway for Manta is a huge thing for us to kind of give back to all of you guys who are who are here every single week, listening to us babble on sometimes for 30 minutes about Portland, Oregon regionals, and we appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, we're always here. We're always open to suggestions as well. And, like, we're, I, I want to do another Ask Me Anything episode again. That was so much fun. So hopefully we can do that soon. Yeah, 100%. I uh, would love to do yeah. that. Yeah. Nah, that's that's all we got this week for you guys. This is a super short episode. Damn. We got to run some more ad rolls or something, bro. We need, <laughs> we need, like, six more sponsors for the end. $5. I'll say whatever you want me to say. Yeah. I mean, we've had two great back-to-back sponsors uh, to lead off our episode. So hopefully we can keep them coming. Yeah, I don't know why Ali Reza Shorman didn't call me back this week. I know, man. I thought the ad yeah, read was pretty good. Yeah, I, dude, honestly, for what it was, I thought I did an all right job, but, you know, maybe it wasn't good enough. So we have uh, we have a really funny one for next week, actually, that was sent in by a listener already. So I'm excited to deliver that one. Y'all should be excited to hear that one. Um, for the giveaway as well, I didn't mention, but it's the uh, winner is going to be announced next week on next week's episode. Uh, just at the beginning, so you don't have to actually have to listen to the whole thing. Just uh, just pop in here if it's your name, and then uh, DM us to claim it. But yeah, we're we're giving away those. Uh, just a reminder: follow all of us, subscribe, and comment your favorite deck down below. And if you put like, I don't know, Greed and Vmax, you might get an extra point or two. But you didn't hear that here, so. <laughs> All the best, everybody, in your uh, weekly endeavors. Get out, get some League Cups, some League Challenges. Get those finishes done, man. We're almost at that time of year where you don't want to be doing those anymore. So do those at your leisure or get them done, and we'll see you back next week. Yep. Take it easy, everyone. Peace.